0: the Lord everyone. God's good to us. The message entitled today is called, Are You a Vessel of Honor or Dishonor? And we're going to get right on into the scripture, to the reading of the word. And the scripture is taken today from Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6, verse 11 and then 12. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Now therefore go to, speak to the men of Judah, and say to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and devise a device against you. Return ye now, everyone, from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will everyone do the imagination of his evil heart. That's what the people said when Jeremiah was sent to tell them to come back and change their evil ways. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to do the things that's in our heart, the evil things in our heart. We don't have no hope. We don't care what you say. That's the way they felt. God is a potter and we are his vessels. Just as a potter takes a lump of useless clay and he places it upon his potter's wheel and he begins to shape it and form it with his hands, he shapes it and forms it either into a decorative piece of art He shapes it and forms it into a decorative piece that can be used as a base to put beautiful flowers in. Or he takes and makes it a piece just to be used for practical purposes. Maybe to store food in it or something. But God has taken us, this useless lump of clay in his hands, called humanity. And through the tests and the trials and the afflictions and the sufferings that we go through... He's molding us and shaping us into vessels that he can consider us to be vessels of honor. And not of dishonor. But, it is our desire and our nature of sin and our fleshly ways to enjoy the pleasure sometimes of this world. And it sometimes overrides the word of God. It sometimes overrides God being our potter. And then we have put ourselves on our own potter's wheel. And we begin to shape our own selves unto iniquity. Unto what the flesh man wants. Unto what sins we want to commit. Then we are becoming a vessel unto dishonor. God spoke to Jeremiah and he told him to go down to the potter's house. And there, that was where he would hear... His words. So if God is our potter, then the potter's house is the church. The potter's house is the church, the representation of the church. And it's at the church that when we go to hear preaching, that we hear the words of the Lord. It's the preached word of God. That God uses to mold us and shape us into those vessels of honor. This is your church. This is why we come to you. Because we know you can't get out and come to the church facility on Sundays and Wednesdays. This is why we take time of our day on, on the fourth Saturday of every month. And we come to you. Because we are bringing the church to you. We're bringing the word of God to you. All we ask is that you attend. That's all we ask. And you're doing that. And we've got a great crowd here today. I'm glad to see a lot of you. (laughs) So Jeremiah went down to the potter's house. And there he saw the potter working on a lump of clay on the wheel. But notice again what it said in verse 4. That Jeremiah said that the vessel that the potter made was marred. Which meant that it was defected, it was scarred, it was imperfect with flaws in it. So the potter took the clay and he just crumbled it up again and started over. How many times does God have to start over with us? How many times does he have to take us as a lump of clay and take and throw us down and I've got to start over with him. He won't listen to what I'm telling him. He won't do what I'm telling him to do. When we come to God and make a commitment to him. Now, how many have made a commitment to God? Let me see your hands. If you've committed your life to God, how many? Raise your hand. All right? All right. Good. But when we come to God and make a commitment to Him, we are marred vessels. We're scarred. We're dirty. We're flawed. We're not perfect. We're full of sin and imperfections. That in God's eyes, these are abominations unto Him. And they're the elements which will send us to a devil's hell. Did you know that when you were born, or you were born as a little precious little baby, do you know that you were already sent to hell? That was your destiny. That was my destiny. When I was born as a precious little baby, I was ready to, start, uh, set to go to hell. That was my destiny. That's everybody's destiny. You know why? Because we had a father named Adam that sinned. We're all brothers and sisters in some degree. It don't matter what color we are. It don't matter what race we are. It don't matter what uh, background we are. We're all brothers and sisters. We had one father one mother at the very beginning, Adam and Eve. But we were all destined to go to hell when we were born. But God gives us this lifetime to get right with him, to begin to draw to him, to begin to allow him to make us those vessels of honor so that we can step into places and do what we're called to do. I've told you all this before. 25 years ago, you'd have never seen me here in a nursing home preaching. 30 years ago, you'd never seen me going to church because I had long hair and I was a drummer and a rock band and I was going to make it big time. But God got a hold of me and he put me on his potter's wheel. And here I am 22 years later. Now I'm preaching in a nursing home. One day I'm going to be preaching in a church when God opens that door. Am Am I a vessel of honor right now? I'm in the process I'm being processed to be the vessel of honor. Am I perfect? No, not by any means. So God fills us with the Holy Ghost. And we're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins. God places us on his potter's wheel. And that is where he begins the process of reshaping us. He molds us and he breaks off the hard, useless, lumpy areas of our clay... Which would be things of the world. And he adds his water of the Holy Ghost. And he begins to shape us up with his word. The preached word that we have to go to church to hear. You have to go to church to hear the words that is going to be preached from a preacher. So that they can get down in your spirit, your mind, and your heart, and your soul. Just like I'm doing today. Bringing you The word. Because what it'll do is it'll take a hard lump of clay, a hard heart to God, and it'll start softening it. It'll start making it soft and pliable where so He can work with it. And sometimes you'll start weeping in the presence of God. Tears will flow from your eyes because you're getting touched by the heart of God. Again, let's read verse 6. It says, God spoke to humanity. and said to him, speaking to the house of Israel, Can I do with you as this potter done with this lump of useless clay? As you see the clay in the potter's hand, so are you also in my hand. As God told the house of Israel that they are in his hands as clay, so are we. Child of God, if you're committed to God and sold out to him, and if you have no intentions of backsliding, Quitting on God and running out in that world and doing the things of the world again, then you must realize that you, every one of you, point yourself and say, Me. Me. And everyone that is a child of God is in his hands, and we are on his potter's wheel, and we're being shapened every day into a vessel of honor for his pleasure. His By him molding and shaping us will be tough times that we'll have to go through. We're going to have to endure some pain. We're going to have to endure some hardships. We're going to have to endure some afflictions. We're going to have to suffer. The Bible says if our master suffered, that if we're going to be his servants, we're going to have to suffer also. Is the master any less of a master that he should suffer and that his servants and his his, uh, people should not? I've been suffering with this hissing in my ears for over two years. But you know what? If it's going to get me to heaven, then I'm going to suffer until he says, I'm through pulling with that hissing. I'm going to pull it off of you now. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. (laughs) Do you want to be saved? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go live wherever that mansion is that God's prepared for you? Do you want to walk on the street of gold? Then you have to endure what you're going through until it is over. And I'm speaking to myself too. We must endure the sufferings that come upon us no matter what their form they're in. These are ordained of God. And there is not one thing that comes upon us that he does not know about. He has to know about it because he is the one that allows things to come upon us. Satan and his evil demons cannot put anything on us without God first giving him permission to do so. There ain't one thing, not one thing that he can put on us that God don't know about. Now, Satan went and he had went before God. And he said, basically in a nutshell, you've got a hedge around Job. He's protected. He's he's got a lot of wealth. He's he's very prestigious amongst the people. People admire him. They respect him. So God said, all right, you can do what you want to do, but spare his life. So what happened? He lost everything he had. He lost every one of his children that was not living for God. Job went and made sacrifices for his children every day. But yet, God still allowed them to be taken. Job lost all of his wealth. And then, God allowed Satan to afflict his body. He had boils on from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Afflictions. That's what we sometimes have to face. How are we going to endure it? There's no telling what was going on in Job's heart that God allowed these afflictions to come upon him. There's something God had to work out out of Job, there's something that was in Job's heart that God had to work out. That's why God had allowed Satan to put him on the potter's wheel through afflictions, through losing everything he had. But once God took that bad lump of whatever it was out of Job and he tore it and threw it away, he began to shake Job up into a better vessel of honor. And then he blessed Job with more children, more wealth, more prestige, and more respect than he ever had beforehand. But within every heart of man, woman and child, there is an influence of rebellion in us. You may not believe it, but there's rebellion in your spirit or your nature of sin in your flesh. There's things... Paul, Paul, Paul said this. Paul said this. He said, The nature of sin that's in all of us is what stops us from doing the work of God sometimes. But if a person is living for God 100% and desires to please God, then the person willingly does not want to rebel against God. But the nature of sin is what causes us to yield to the rebellion at times, and we give in to it, and then we rebel against God. I wish I could say that I don't want to rebel against God. Because really in my mind, in my heart, I don't want to rebel. But in this flesh man, it's, it, might, it might seem hard to understand and differ, differentiate between what your heart says you want to do and your mind. But yet then this nature, this craving, this, this hunger, this desire in your flesh man to want to do something to please yourself. That's what we have to fight against every day. But if we'll stay close to God and endure the sufferings that we're going through so that He can use them for the good, then we will see changes within ourselves and we will feel a deeper desire to be closer to God and to please Him. And this will also strengthen us in wanting to rebel against God. I would not believe that anybody really wants to rebel against God. If you are a decent person, you don't claim to be an atheist or Satanist, or you uh, don't claim to be any kind of a, anything that's totally against God. Most people would, would say, no, I don't want to rebel against God. That you can't fight against the nature of flesh without God. Without God, you can't fight against this nature of flesh. And sometimes you're still going to give in to it. And all that does is continue to make us to be more like a, na- uh, a, a vessel of dishonor. As opposed to a vessel of honor. But so that's what we're talking about today. Is do you want to be a vessel of honor? Do you want God to honor you so that he can work through? Or do you want to be a vessel of dishonor? And be a vessel unto yourself. Do you want to keep yourself on your own potter's wheel? And spin your potter's wheel and shape yourself unto corruption? Lust? Evil? Pride? Selfishness? Or do you want to just open up your heart to God and say, put me on your potter's wheel, God. Whatever it takes. Because I don't not only want to be good here on this earth... But I want you to prepare me to be this man on this earth so that that will get me into my heavenly place where you've got prepared for me. Because if I'm a vessel of dishonor down here doing the things I want to do, and if I don't have my sins under the blood of Jesus, then I'm going to stand before you and I'm going to have all these sins facing, facing you and I'm going to be standing there and you're going to judge me. So if I have to be a vessel of honor... To make it into heaven. Then, then whatever you want to do God. I'm willing for you to do it. If you have to allow me to have to have hissing in my ears. Then let it hiss. But strengthen me to get through it. Strengthen me to endure it. Whatever you folks may be going through. Facing in your fleshly bodies. I'm sure we're all facing something in our fleshly physical bodies. Just say to God. Give me the strength to endure what I'm going through. Strengthen me. Whatever I'm, having, whatever I'm having to go through. Whatever I'm for. Whatever if whatever I'm here for. Just give me the strength to endure it one more day. And then tomorrow pray. One more day. One more day. And one day he's going to take it off. Because he's got that vessel shaping the way he wants it to be. He's got that vessel shaping unto a vessel of honor. But verse 11 also told us that Jeremiah was sent to speak to the men of Judah. Now, verse verse 11 says this. Now, therefore, go to speak to the men of Judah and say to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return ye now, everyone, from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. God said that he had framed evil against them that had devised a device against them. But he also told them that to return now from every one of their evil ways. And to make their ways and their doings good. Because God's given us a time to repent. He's given us a time to get under the spirit of repentance. And live in a spirit of repentance. Now, do you repent one time? And that's all you have to repent for in your rest of your life? No. You need to live in a spirit of repentance. You need to live in the state of mind that you're going to be sorry and repent for what you've done wrong. Now, some of the things that you folks might face, I might not face it. But some of the things that I face and go through, you might not face. So I have to stay under a spirit of repentance all the time. To repent of the failures of my life. I have to be able to stay in a place of of, of submission to God so that I can stay under that realm of repentance and being sorry for the things of my failures and my sins. But listen to what they said in verse 12. And they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices and we will, every one of us, do the imagination of his evil heart. They didn't care what Jeremiah had told them. They didn't care the fact that God was talking to them and trying to get them to repent and turn away from their evil ways. They didn't care. But that was the same thing as it was in the days before the flood. And Genesis 6 and 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Ever since the fall of man, when sin entered into their hearts, humanity's heart and thoughts have been on evil. Pleasures of the flesh. Entertainment in many ungodly forms. And ultimately rebellion towards their creator, God. But God doesn't put up with it forever. He sends things and allows things to be sent in an attempt to wake up. Wake up, people! Wake up and listen to what I have and get a change of heart and seek God again. Paul, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What are you going to do? Are you going to put it off a little bit longer? Humanity wants to put off getting right with God. Humanity wants to put off, well, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till you come back and preach, Brother Darrell, next month. Not today. Not today. I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till next month. What if your days comes to an end before next month gets here? We've got to get right with God today. Today, right now, this very moment, is humanity's time frame to receive and fulfill His salvation plan. Not next week or next year, but now. We don't know how many days we have numbered on this earth. We don't know how long we're going to live. We all hope we're going to live to be 100 years old or more. But what good is it going to do if we're living our lives 100, 110, 12 years and we're a vessel of dishonor unto God? We've had a hard heart all our life. We put more emphasis on Hollywood and TV shows. And things that ain't gonna get us nowhere but down to the pits of hell. We feel whatever's in entertainment for ourselves these days. Let's entertain ourselves with the TV. Let's entertain ourselves with a bunch of ungodly stuff. But we never think about what is it gonna be like when I die. What's it gonna be like when this body goes and closes its eyes and goes to sleep, and then my spirit's going somewhere? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Have you actually been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, as it says in Acts two thirty eight? Have you ever received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Have you spoken tongues, as the Bible says in Acts two chapter, chapter Acts two chapter one through four? Because this is the born again experience that's going to get us onto the potter's wheel. Until we have stepped up and become baptized in Jesus' name in the water and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, which is the evidence of you receiving the Holy Ghost, you're still on your own wheel. You're still on your own potter's wheel. We've got to be born again to be put on God's potter's wheel. We can be led all of our lives through things that are not true. We can be led all our lives and led astray by false doctrine that's preached out of the same Word of God that's true. Do you know there's a lot lot of uh, false doctrine that's preached from the very Word of God? Because men and people take it and twist it around. They don't understand what it means. But what what, what we preach is the very truth of the Word of God. To receive Christ to be born again is not signing a card in a church and joining a church. It's not by saying, Well, I accept Christ as my savior and I'm alright. It's not by saying, I receive Christ. It's not by saying, I acknowledge Christ as my Savior. Yes, you've got to acknowledge Him as your Savior. But Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, and I'll paraphrase it. He said, You must be born again. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. To be born of the water is to, be go, wash your, is to wash your sins and go down in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross for us? Anybody, say it. Who died on the cross? Jesus. Jesus. Now explain to me. Explain to me why there are churches that are baptized in any other way besides in the name of Jesus Christ. Explain that to me because that is a false doctrine that men have taken out of the Bible and they twisted it and turned it around and distorted it to the point that they're bypassing the truth. They're bypassing the fact that you're supposed to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't go down in the water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Whose name is Father? Whose name is Son? Whose name is Holy Ghost? Nobody is named father. I have a name. My name is Daryl. I am a father. I had two children. I am a son. I had two parents before they passed away. And I still have them, and they're still my parents somewhere. I am a husband. I am a brother. I am her friend and her brother in Christ. I'm your friend. I've got a lot of titles. See, I've got titles. But I'm not your father. I'm not your son. I'm not your cousin. I'm not your your employer or your employee. I'm your friend. I've got a lot of titles, but what am I? I'm one person. Am I one person? Do Do you see five or six barrels standing here? Do you? one God. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, if the Bible says that they should worship him in spirit and in truth, then evidently there is some false doctrine out there. And these false doctrines are not getting you on the potter's wheel to become a vessel of honor. You have to do things according to what God's Word says, not according to what man's traditions say. I know it's hard and it goes against the grain of sometimes of what we've been raised. I was raised up as a Baptist. But the Baptists, I'm sorry to tell you, they're not right. If they don't baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, if they don't receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, they're not right. Now I know you're older folks and you've been raised in probably a lot of different ways other than what we teach here. But we are apostolic Pentecostal. We teach the truth of the Word of God. And I will not have to hold my head down for anything I've come in here in this church and to this church and said and preached in the last six years. Because i come in here with love. But i come in here to tell you like it is. To share it with you in love. But to let you know that we're not going to take six or eight months for me to build up a Bible study and tell you what goes on and what you need to do. It's because I come in here with love to, to do as my, as my former pastor did. My former pastor, every time he preached the Word of God, he always brought the Acts 238 plan around in it, didn't he? Didn't Brother Paul do it every time? he would always bring that that message around to tell him about Acts 2.38, what it takes to be saved. Now, I have shared with you folks the truth every time I preach. And I have told y'all that if any of you have felt it in your heart that you're ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, let us know. We will talk to the staff here. We will work that out with the staff. And we'll get you baptized in Jesus' name. Because it's Jesus that died on the cross for you. It's Jesus' blood that was shed for you. You've got to get your sins under the blood of Christ. And by going down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, that's the only way to get the blood applied to your life. That's the only way to get every sin that you've committed from the day you were born until now under the blood of Christ. That's it. That puts you on the potter's wheel along with receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And you will speak in tongues when you receive the Holy Ghost. It's Bible. It's Bible. This is what gets you to become a vessel of honor. As God puts you on that potter's wheel. And he allows you to to be molded and shapened to what he wants us to be. God loves you. I love you. If I didn't love you, I don't, I don't think that I would come over here and take the time to do this. Because, first of all, that would mean that I would not be submitted to God. And I would not be under submission to Him. And I would have rebellion in my heart when I'm supposed to be going to the nursing home to speak to you folks. And I don't want to do it. Look, I'm. I want to be on His wheel at all times. I want him to take the hands and I want him to shape me up. I want him to put the water of the Holy Ghost on me and I want him to shape him my, to meet my vessel up under honor so that he can be pleased with me. So that when I walk up there one day to meet him face to face, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You spoke the word of truth at the nursing home. Every time you went, you shared it in love. But you didn't hold back. You let them know what has to be done. And so now, I put you in a place of decision. I want you to think about it. You need to consent to allow yourself to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Even if you have been baptized some other way. Acts chapter 19. Paul had come across a set of disciples. And he asked these disciples, he said, have you, been, have you received the Holy Ghost that you believe? They said, We have not heard about the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? So he asked them, he said, Well then, what was you baptized? Have you been baptized? They said, Yeah, we were baptized under John the Baptist baptism. And John was baptizing unto repentance. See? you got to repent. So he was baptizing unto repentance. But the baptism of Jesus Christ started after Jesus ascended to heaven and on the day of Pentecost, chapter, chapter 2 of Acts, verses 1 through 4. So he said, Okay, you are baptized unto repentance. So he told them about Jesus. They have been out here in the world, out there for several years. Teaching about John the Baptist baptism. They didn't know Jesus had already come, taught, did the miracles, and died on the cross and went to heaven. Years and years ago. But when they found out, they said, okay, we've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. So he, they baptized him in Jesus' name. So it was the same thing as if you've been baptized any other way in your lifetime. You still have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues. Now it's up to you. Every service I try to leave this, this question with you. Do you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Do you want to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Because you won't receive it unless without speaking in tongues. Do you want to be a vessel of honor or dishonor? Because that's the biggest question today. What type of a vessel do we want to be for God? I make mistakes every day. I'm not perfect. Y'all are not perfect. We're none of us are perfect. It's just because we were all born into sin. But God's given us a way to gain perfection. That we may be able to live above sin. There's some things in my life that I don't have to worry with anymore. But there's still some things and issues in my life that I'm still battling. Because I'm not perfect. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've, I received the Holy Ghost 22 years ago. Speaking in tongues. I received the Holy Ghost on Halloween night. So my Holy Ghost birthday's coming up in, next week. 22 years. And I haven't backslid. I haven't quit church. I haven't turned my back on God. Have I failed Him? Yes. I've failed Him many times. But He's more faithful to us than we are to Him. And every time... Every time I get, I'm coming up here to preach to you folks, I have a certain amount of stuff that I have typed on my, on my computer. I have a certain amount of words that I used to bring up in papers until I got this computer. But I pray every time I'm driving up here. I say, Lord, anoint me. Give me more things to say to these folks than what I have written down on my papers and what I have on my computer. And he does it every time. Every time. I've said many things today that I don't even have tip right, now, tip right down here. It's because he's faithful to us, because he's wanting to make us into vessels of honor. He's wanting to us to be an honorable person in life, so that other preachers, other teachers, other other church family members would be proud to say that's my brother in Christ. So that my pastor, Brother Thomas French, would say, "This is my brother Daryl Collins." He preaches at the nursing home, and I'm proud of him because of what he does. He, I, I, I'm glad to call him one of my saints. I'm glad to call Sister Shaw one of my saints. Has been faithfully coming to this church, this church here, to this nursing home for years. Because we want to be honored, but most importantly, we want to be honored in the eyes of God. So I will leave it with y'all. Do you want to be a vessel of honor? Or dishonor? Do you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Do you want to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Because it's there for you right now. Right now. Praise the Lord. Let's all bow our heads if we would please. We're going to go to the Lord. Father in the name of Jesus we thank you God for this time that you've allowed us to come into this place to share the word of God, to help us understand the type of vessel that you want us to be. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in these great people's minds and hearts and these staff. We thank you, God, for what you're doing for all of us. We thank you, God, for the thing that you have yet to do that we're going to see one day. We appreciate all that you have done to help us And we appreciate all that you will do. God, in this day, I ask you, Lord, to leave this place with a spirit of truth in here. And a spirit of hunger. And a spirit of brokenness and submission unto you. That these folks may submit themselves to you fully. No matter what age they are, you will still reach everyone that's here today. And we praise you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ.